It all begins with this gate drop. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast. This is uh, officially week two. I am Steve Merrill. With me as always, Mr. Jesse Tolpa. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Steve. So, uh, once again, we are going to be doing this every single week, putting the podcast up. We are live on Instagram. Hi on Instagram. If you're checking us out over there, thank you. Um, feel free to, you know, interact. I'll be keeping an eye on things <clears throat> over there. So make sure to follow us at Power to the Ground on Instagram. You can find this podcast uploaded Sunday nights, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your uh, podcast listening medium of choice is. And we actually have a couple of updates to the website. So the website is power to the number two, theground.com. Jesse, what about, how about those uh, updates? So we've got a couple of new updates. Uh, number one, we added to our merch store. No longer says coming soon. There are a couple of items there that you can purchase on there. Uh, we've got t-shirts, hats, um, mugs. Um, there's more to come. If you have any suggestions for what you would like, go ahead and leave us a either a DM or a comment on one of our photos or videos on Instagram. We will get those up as quickly as possible. Um, also, we added to our events page. Uh, so we're gonna, on our events page, you'll find a calendar. And on that calendar, we'll have all of the events the uh, racing events as well as um, when we are doing the Instagram live, when they'll be up uploaded to all of the podcast mediums and so on and so forth. If we've got anything else cool going on, you want to see what's the on that what will be going on, you can go over to our calendar and it'll all be right there at your fingertips whenever you want it. So all of the information you need about Power to the Ground can be found either on Instagram or the website. Um, and, you know, as far as the merch goes, it really just goes to, at this point, just supporting us, allowing us to continue putting out this podcast every week and just talking to you guys and to each other about, you know, our one of our favorite sports, and that's that's motocross. So um, every little bit helps. And if you have ideas, like Jesse said, for shirts and, and mugs and hats or any other items that you guys want, you know, we're going to have some more uh, bigger selection there pretty soon. So, you know, keep checking back to the website. Oh, also, another update on the website. Down at the bottom of the page... There is a new comment section. It is at the bottom of every single page. So if you have any comments about what you want to see on our website, you can go ahead and leave them in those comments as well. Awesome. So now that that stuff's out of the way, Spring Creek. Spring Creek. Spring Creek was uh, quite an interesting set of races. Yeah. Spring, in parentheses, Muddy Creek. I mean, it really was. So those first two motos, the first, well, the first moto of each class was just, uh, it, it was... Not the worst mud races we've seen, but it definitely threw a wrench in things. I, I think especially in the 250s, and we'll, we'll get to that. But um, it really cleared up for the second two races, and you saw the guys finally starting to find some traction. But that track was brutal all day yesterday. All day, yep. The sun came out towards the end, though, and uh, the, the lap time started to come down. And got some pretty good racing out, out there yesterday. Luckily, so. towards the end, we definitely got some good racing. But it's just... It, it, it's so tough to pass in the mud. Yeah. You know, you just, you don't see, the start is so incredibly important when it's a muddy race because it's so hard to pass because everybody's using the same line. You have to use the same line. There's nowhere else to go. Right. So let's start with the 250s. Um, what do you think? Well, 250 Moto 1. Um, 250 Moto 1, first of all, you got Lawrence. Lawrence took the win on that one. And um, Lawrence is actually one of those guys that, um, 
he started he started to pick up his pace towards the end of the first half of the um, of the season, but um, and Ciancio Rulo he went down early, um, which I think kind of it kind of put him out of position. Or I think if if Ciancio Rulo didn't go down early on in that race, he probably would have had a shot at, at Lawrence at some point in there. I've got to say first first and foremost. I, from what I saw yesterday, I was flat out wrong about my predictions for Cianci Rulo. Um, not only was he the most consistent rider out there yesterday, he was also the fastest rider out there yesterday. Um, I don't see much of a chance. There, there was a couple of times we thought Ferrandez was going down. We were like, man, if Ferrandez goes down right now, this, the championship's over. But I think for, for the most part, Championship it's, is it's over. probably over. So Cianci Rulo gained 12 points yesterday in the standings. He went from a 24-point lead, which is still a decent amount, but manageable enough to 36 now uh, because Ferrandis, and that's why I say the mud just threw a wrench in things. Ferrandis, I don't think that first race could, he just didn't know how to handle it. He just didn't, he didn't know what to do. It hurt him. It hurt him bad. And Cianciarulo was able to manage the mud. And yeah, Lawrence did put on a really good showing, you know, especially holding off Cianciarulo for a while. And it, actually, to the point with the mud, they were there's one line on these tracks, and you could see that some of these riders were just literally watching the rider in front of them, not even the track, because when that that turn when uh, Lawrence couldn't quite make the turn down the hill enough and he went off the track yep. and right behind him was Cianciarulo going off the track in the same way you clearly he was just trying to keep those same lines and they both went completely, completely off the track off the track yeah and I, uh, I that's a blind turn for Cianciarulo coming on there you know you, you never know why why Lawrence is going off the track at that point you know it could be because Lawrence saw something around that turn because that's the added obstacle to a, to a race like this, especially when the mud is that bad. You're coming around a turn, you don't know if there's going to be a rider down on the other side of that turn. And that's every turn. And that's actually funny. So I put that in my notes. There was a dirt bike graveyard for these first two <laughs> motos. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a demolition derby, but like by the end of it, they just stop moving the broken down cars off the track and they just leave them there. And they just a car, I, I called it the great, the race car graveyard. And you're racing around these obstacles. And that's what it looked like yesterday. Just one rider after another going down, going down, going down, just and uh, I mean, it, it makes things a little bit interesting, but it also is tough to really have some good solid racing. And again, it really throws a wrench in championships because I think the 250s is over now. I was really hoping Ferrandis, who had won four of the last five motos, by the way, yeah. he was on fire. He looked like he was going to make a hard charge for those points. And the mud, I think, in that first moto through complete through. He really did. He did much better in the second moto, though. He, so he came back. Um, he passed Nichols, went down, um, and then you know, kind of pulled out the fourth place um but if he didn't go down after passing Nichols, he, he might have been able to pull a second and manage some of it but yeah it, it just I, looks like he, he just lost all his momentum yesterday he was probably freaking out a little bit first of all the the mud gets the best of a lot of people you know there you really have to the mud has to be your thing it really does it has to be your thing um, and I'm sure, especially in Moto One, Ferrandis is probably freaking out because, like, 20 minutes into that race, or I'm sorry, 20 minutes left left in that Moto, um, Ferrandis is there, and his bike starts smoking, and he's like, in his head, he's got to be like, oh my god, already, already, we've still got 20 minutes it, left, and my bike's gonna start smoking already. You know, and, and they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit that, um, you know, my first thought was. 
why aren't you mad at your mechanic? Because apparently this is a problem for Ferrandez whenever there's mud. This has happened plenty of times he actually didn't finish. And my first thought was, well, you got to be pissed at your mechanic. Why is my bike doing this in the mud? But apparently the mechanic blames Ferrandez because he uses his clutch a lot. And even Ferrandez admits he's, he's really on his clutch when he races. And when you start getting into these muddy um, situations where you got to slow down a lot, I mean, he's, he's burning through that clutch. And I think that, you know, probably had a lot to do with it. He was much better in the second moto, although it wasn't as muddy. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, in all of these mud races, really, the the mechanics the mechanics really really come down. The mechanic can either make or break a mud race. You know, whether it come, whether it comes down to how the the rider is using the clutch or not, the the mechanics really win or or lose these races for these riders. Um, you can go back a few weeks and and see Alex Martin. He's he's a good. It, yeah, perfect example. Perfect example of that. You know, he he loses his bike. Another guy who had a really good turn. weekend. You yeah. know, Alex Martin. Uh, so he put up a two a two two. Is two, what it looked like. Yeah. So um, you know, really good weekend for him. Looks like he's starting to kind of come into his own a little bit again. Yeah. You know, he fell off for a little while. Um, Moto two. You know, what's really disappointing for me was Justin Cooper. Um, and for me, I think it's just his youth is showing. Um. He's he's showed so much promise, and you know I'm making the prediction now. Justin Cooper is next year's 250 champion. Um, okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that now. Next year's 250 champion because I think he's got so much speed and talent, but I think his youth is only his second year. Uh, really showed in the mud race, and he just did not. He he had a terrible first moto, and then um, he had a solid start in the second one. He was he was you know pushing second. I mean, Santarulo was pretty much checked out in that second right. moto. Yeah, he but was he gone. was he was holding second for the longest time and he, he ends up going down and he just he dropped so far back and like he was another guy that maybe if he got it together could have pushed for the points and then just just kind of threw it away. So I think that's a little bit of his youth not understanding how to change his riding in in the mud a little bit. Right. Yeah, there's uh moto 2, there were things kind of uh, iron themselves out a little bit as far as the track goes in Moto2. There's a lot more fun racing to be seen on uh, 250 Moto2. Um, Ferrandis in particular. Ferrandis was, char- Ferrandis was charging pretty much all of Moto2. It was just a matter of whether or not he stayed upright or not. He made he made one, one really, really good pass. Um, and when was that in Moto2? Was it when he talking about when he passed Nichols? When he passed Nichols and then went down like ten seconds later. Yeah, it was right. So he passed Nichols and then like two two corners later he goes down because he just yeah you're right he was pushing way too hard. Yeah, he's pushing way way too hard. Uh, Ferrandis is he's a fat he's a really fast rider. I, I, again, some of these riders just mud mud shakes things up so much it change it changes the entire dynamic of of all of the racers. I think the issue that I had with yesterday's races, for the sake of uh, interesting racing moving forward, is the mud can throw a wrench in things in so many different ways. Yesterday, it threw a wrench in things in the ways we don't want to see happen. Right. We wanted you know? to see more competition, and <laughs> right. what we got was less competition. We could have seen our, our, series, you know, our points leaders having trouble in the mud going down and giving those guys a chance to catch up and make it, make it interesting. Instead, it was the complete opposite, and really... Um, the other thing I have in my notes, the 250 Moto 2 is really a microcosm for the season for both 250s and 450s. The points leader, Adam Cianciarulo, gets out front in Moto 2, checks out, he's gone, there was nobody catching him. And the people who are trying to keep up with him had spurts 
of good showings. You know, Justin Cooper starting in second and then fading away. Did we not? Did I? Pretty sure I said last week he starts great, does not finish great, both in the first moto, both within the races and in this season. That's how he's been all season. And Ferrandis, who had been on fire, couldn't keep it up. Yeah. Um, so that's just how this whole season has gone. The points leaders have been the guys who have just been able to put it together week in, week out. So, I mean, and that's exactly what happened in Moto2. So the mud really kind of ended the season for it, it, for all intents and purposes. You know, the championship is pretty much over. At this point, we're looking at who's getting momentum, maybe going into Supercross. Yep. Um, you know, obviously some independent riders who have been starting to put up some good showings, um, maybe looking for a factory ride, things like that. So, you know, obviously there's still stuff to re- personal pride to and good racing. Um, but as far as the championship goes, I have I will not hold my breath that this thing is going to change, barring some crazy injury. Yeah, I mean, really at this point, so um, the 450s did not suffer from the mud nearly as bad as the 250s did, but there is some things to look forward to, and we got a little bit of it today on the four. Oh, sorry, you got one more thing? No, I would say we're going to get to the 450s in a minute. All right, but if you're teasing it, we can. Go ahead and tease it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, there is one one good thing to look forward to on the 450s, and we saw a little bit of it yesterday, and we'll talk about it when we get to the 450s. So, I mean, basically just to wrap up, the 250s was, you know, kind of what you'd expect from a mud race, and really at the end of the day, the standings kind of came out to be what you're saying, you know, what you would expect. Um, looking at our predictions from last week in the 250s, you had Ferrandis, Justin Cooper, and Hampshire. Um, oh man! Rough, rough day mud. for you. <laughs> Thanks, Mud. Appreciate it. Right. So Justin Cooper could have had that second, but he kind of threw it away. Um, both of us were actually kind of big on Hampshire for last week because I had Ferrandis, Sanserulo, and Hampshire. So, but both of us really were big on Ferrandis. The mud obviously screwed that up. I feel like he probably would have had a better showing if it weren't for the mud. And Hampshire yeah. just didn't show up at all yesterday. Hampshire did not show up. He he checked in, He checked out for the. Uh, for the mud he was like you know what i'll show up next week see how it goes so for next week uh 250s based on what you saw yesterday which really i mean unless it's another mud race you probably can't get too much from it do you think ferrandis bounces back do you think that sansa ruler just drops the hammer or does he start coasting and we see maybe some other guys start creeping up what are your predictions for next week i think both sansa rulo and ferrandis are going to be in the top threes next week uh, i i don't see any reason why unless unless the track messes with ferrandis again um ferrandis uh, even yesterday i saw ferrandis he looked very fast there the track was just in such bad condition that when he was going really fast the track took care of him track took care of him for cnc rulo so um i think uh i can't i can't bet against cnc rulo uh again so i'm gonna put cnc rulo number one um i'm gonna put ferrandis number two and uh you know what? I'm gonna throw Lawrence in there. Okay. Because I think I saw I I saw something uh, I saw something from Lawrence yesterday that I started to see a little bit of, and uh, it, he took care of business yesterday, uh, especially in the first moto. Well, I th- well I think that's the thing though. I think the mud just threw everybody for such a loop. <clears throat> I'm just I'm gonna flat out disagree. I don't think Lawrence really showed anything other than he could handle the mud um, yesterday. That's not to say he hasn't done well for the rest of the season, you know, in different spurts, but. I don't expect, because you saw in Moto2, once the track was dry, it was less muddy, it was less, you know, there was better conditions out there, he wasn't up there. Right. So, um, 
I, I feel like that was just a, a, the mud throwing the wrench and thing. So uh, I do agree almost with your top your top two. So, but I am going to go Ferrandez. I think Ferrandez has a comeback week, even though I'm a big confidence guy. Um, yesterday couldn't have been good for his confidence, <clears throat> but I think he still has a lot to show and still has a lot to rate for. It's not race for. It's not technically over yet, so maybe he keeps that in his head. So I'm going to go Ferrandez one. And then Mr. Consistency this season, number 92. Adam Cianci Rule is going to be number two. And uh, I'm going to go with Alex Martin as third. Um, you want to talk about somebody who showed me something yesterday, a 2-2, both in the mud and once the track conditions. Yeah, you're regretting it, aren't you? Yeah, you want totally, Alex Martin up there. Totally, too late. You already, yeah. I already wrote it down. You it's already set in stone. Um, and I think Martin, if anything, Martin might actually even – I'm considering moving him up a little bit, but I wrote it down. So uh, Ferrandez, Cianci Rulo, and Martin, I think, are going to be the guys to watch for next week. Um, for the 250s because uh, if Martin can get some he's come so close the past few years you know the second in the championship twice I think in the past you know three or four years yep. um, he's got to break through at some point and I know he had a rough start this year so maybe he gets some momentum moving in to Supercross season and then outdoors next year so that kind of wraps up 250s yep 450s uh, 450s 450s that to- it was a very very different um case with the 450s the 450s did not struggle in the mud nearly as much they were actually hitting jumps um even in the first moto when it was still it wasn't quite as muddy as the 250s were but they were still they were managing the track a lot better than the 250s were which is to be expected they're heavier and a lot more power so um the uh the 450 moto one was devastating for Anderson. Anderson went down two times in the first lap. Um, that poor guy, he has had a string of terrible luck. I mean, he's he's just, he has not hit his stride yet. He's, he's coming back. But. He's really, really, and that's and it's funny. That is 450 Moto 1, my first note, Anderson is struggling to get back. Yeah. He is really struggling to get back to the level that he was at um, you know, before his injury and I it's I don't think it's gonna happen this year. He's no. probably gonna just wait it out for the rest of this year, kinda coast. Yeah. Um maybe he comes back strong in the supercross season, you know, trains hard in the off season, whatever, but he is he is really strong. he's had a really, really rough year. Yeah. And it, there there are times when he does look fast, um but he's he's having a lot of trouble getting back into uh getting any momentum at all because he'll he'll look really fast and then he'll go down. It just doesn't look like he has control over himself or his bike at this point. Um, he's trying to be himself, but physically he is just, he, it doesn't seem like he's able to. Um, and it's really a shame to watch because, um, Anderson's one of those guys. I think he, he has, he has the speed to ride up front when he is at his best. He definitely has the, the speed to keep up with Tomac. You know, in these outdoors, and then obviously he's won a championship in Supercross, so yeah. you know he's one of the elite level riders. And to see him struggle this much, it's really similar to Roxon. You know how much we've seen Roxon struggle since his injuries. Yeah. Um. So, <clears throat> to ru- it was definitely a rough day for him, but it was not a rough day for a guy who has not shown up yet this season, and that's Mr. Cooper Webb. Um, yep. Man, he he basically checked out. He got the po- he got the whole shot or. He passed after the whole shot. Right. He basically was in first off the start and just was gone. I know Tomac put in. I know Tomac put in a charge at the end, um, and you know tried making it close. But Webb was winning that. The second I saw him take first and the way he was riding in that mud and he was just 
mistake free, smooth. Looks like the looked like the mud didn't even bother him. He was gone. You knew he was winning that first moto. Yeah, yeah. Webb, um, Webb. This, this is actually something we were talking about last week. Um, Webb, well, he he was not prepared for the outdoor season to even start. I mean, he won Supercross, and th- that was where all of his eggs were was winning Supercross. And now it seems like he has he's finally made the switch. He's like, all right, second half of outdoors. Outdoors is now starting. <laughs> right, yeah. It's almost like he took the first half to catch his breath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, which is fine. When you're the Supercross champion, you kind of have that. I mean, it would have been nice to see, you know, pretty cool to see if he could kind of carry that momentum through. But yeah. you're right. He just wasn't ready for outdoors yet. And he's young, too. So I think that's, you know, kind of works in his favor that as he gets used to it, maybe he can start stringing those championships together. But he looked like Cooper Webb yesterday, both modes, especially in the second moto. Yeah. Um, and so, but we'll get to that. But Tomac, you know, put this in the hard charge. I have, you know, in my notes, Moosking. I, it literally says, Marv, dude, pass this fool. And he was behind short. <laughs> and it took him, like, two laps to pass him. And it's like, you are better than these guys. And this is the reason why Marvin Muskin is not challenging for the championship yeah. right now. And he's in second place. But he ended up with a third. But it was a distant, distant third. He didn't put himself in a position to gain any ground on Tomac. And it just happens week in and week out. He caught fire a little bit. He won some motos. It looked like he was going to catch up. And then just last week was gone just gone and then now this week you know he just can't if you can't pass an independent rider within you know within a a couple of turns or a lap or whatever when you're on his tail that entire time like what are you doing he needs to i don't know muskin has almost always needed to be a little bit more aggressive i think yeah he's got the speed he's definitely he's a very technique heavy rider as opposed to just kind of this wild just throttle open kind of rider uh but because of that technique and the focus on technique, he's not really aggressive. He doesn't necessarily just go for it when he should probably just go for it. And the guys in front of him get away while he's waiting to make a pass. Yeah, yeah. it's almost uh, – uh, Muskin, I kind of feel like Muskin spent so many years behind Dungey as the number two guy that he got used to being the number two guy. And then when he got the shot to be the number one guy, he was like, I don't know what to do. What do I do now? What do I do now? And then Webb pops up, and now now Muskin's like, oh, thank God, yeah. somebody else can carry <laughs> Almost the like team. he, yeah, maybe. I mean, do you think maybe he just can't handle the pressure? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to. I, I don't think, I don't think Muskin has has the, and you don't necessarily need. I'm Dungy has proved you don't need to have a killer instinct to win championships. You just don't. Um, but. Muskin doesn't even have even close to even what Dungey had. I mean, but here's the thing though, and and this is where Dungey actually you're probably just getting to that. Like Dungey was not an aggressive, what you'd call an aggressive rider, no. but when he had to be, when he needed to make a pass right now, when he needed to just get to the inside, when he needed to close off a line, he could do it. He right. could flip that switch and then he would flip it right back off right. again. But he knew when to do it and it seems like Muskin has a lot of trouble doing that. Right. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Probably does have a lot to do with pressure. I mean, with Dungey, it was really funny to watch him race because it almost seemed like like he had a spreadsheet in his head. Like he's like, all right, I need to get this many points on this race, and he knew exactly where he was in those standings as the positions changed in the race. So he's like, you know what? 
I don't really need to make this pass because that guy passed that guy. And that... He's just me, making all his calculations as you go. Yeah. And that's really what it almost seemed like with Dungey. It was like, there was no guessing in it. He just knew what he had to do when he needed to do it, and it put him in position. With Mooskin, yeah, I think it does come down to pressure. He, he like, he's just trying to go, and he it's like he's trying to race against... He's not trying to race against anybody else. He's trying to race against himself. And even that's too much pressure for him. Yeah, and that's what it feels like. And that's it's unfortunate because I think when he flashes, he shows he can be one of the greatest riders in the world. Right. Um, and, you know, as a personal favorite, it's disappointing to me that he's, you know, he's the guy I'm constantly rooting for. And to just see him not, I actually, you know, we're here next level. They, they talked about it on the broad, broadcast, you know, guys like Tomac. And we hit on it a little bit last week. Guys like Tomac, he can hit that next level when he needs to hit the next level. Um, Webb. Just took it to the next level. Yeah. And it feels like Muskin is naturally one of these best riders and has just been unable to take it to that next level. Yeah, he's just not that he's not that top guy. Um Webb, on the other hand, um Webb is a fun guy to watch. He really is. He's um you know, Webb Webb, I think at this point, because of Muskin's inability to take that top that top rider spot on his team, I think, um, Webb has pretty much secured himself as the number one guy riding orange right now. Um, Webb is fun to watch because he is one of the only riders on that track that when somebody passes him, he's like, no, sorry. You you better slam that door on Webb if you're going to pass him. If you even leave a hint of an opening after you make a pass and it's always right away which is the big difference right right I, we've seen guys who get past they'll take a few turns and like catch their breath see what this well why is he faster than me let me what webb does not do he doesn't care what your line is right what he cares about is you passed him and he wants that spot back yep. and he did that moto two yesterday that roxon made this incredible pass he triples up that hill which nobody else had been doing that day i think webb saw it and was like oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Roxon didn't pass him right there. He passed him, what was it? It was like another turn or two when Roxon passed him. Yep. And then within a turn, Webb was like, yeah, no. And he no, took it back. right yep. back. And I think that was, one, demoralizing to Roxon because Roxon did not show up in Moto 1, by the way. No, he did not. Speaking of Ken Roxon. Yeah. Um, but he looked really, really solid. And actually, up to that point when he went to make that pass, Roxon had the pace. Yeah. He was just looking for a spot to pass him. And then he finally made that pass. And I think when Webb took it back, man. Yeah. Webb took it back, and yeah, that was that. That has been Webb's game pretty much the whole season. You see somebody pass Webb, and Webb just he just grabs a handful as soon as as soon as somebody passes him. It's like he just gets mad. He's like, you, "How dare you?" Yeah, pass me? <laughs> he's how insulted dare? that you would you know even bother to try to pass him. Right. Um, but Moto Moto Two was that was just flat-out fun racing to watch. I mean, I've got here right in my notes in sequence, Roxon passes Webb. Webb passes Roxon. Webb goes down. And and then after that, after Webb went down, it was just a, a game of cat and mouse of Webb trying to catch Roxon again for the rest of the race. Which he did. Which he did. And that was incredible. And I... So Roxon, I give Roxon a little bit of credit for... Yeah. Um, 
he put in a really good ride in Moto2, and, you know, after a 14th in the first Moto, he could have easily just checked out. But I don't think Webb was feeling it yesterday, and I think we finally, like we said, are starting to see the, the Cooper Webb that we uh, had been missing all outdoors. Yeah. And really, I think that could throw a wrench in things. Not Maybe not for the championship. Um, it's probably over. But if Webb starts taking 1-1s, 1-2s, 1-3s, suddenly you're pushing other people off the podium. Suddenly the racing might get a little bit tighter, and I think he could at least make things interesting, him and Tomac going at it for the next few weeks, you know, yeah. to finish off the season. It'll be Supercross season all over again. Exactly. Except and, for the opposite, because Tomac was trying to catch. Yeah. Right. I mean, and Webb's way too far back. And like I said, barring some kind of injury where, you know, Tomac misses two full motos, and then suddenly it's a close, you know, thing again. Or, right whatever it's probably over but I, i'm just hoping that web this is the confidence and the groove that web needed to find to start making these races a little bit interesting again right you know unlike the first the first motos yesterday yeah exactly and then you know that was the other so tomac actually um moto 2 was a letdown for for tomac yeah he went down uh he ended up finishing fifth which is Again, that's how you win championships. He was down to 22nd yeah. um, at one point, and he ended up finishing fifth. So great on him. And I just – can you imagine if Muskin had taken advantage of that? Yeah. It, those, are the, those are the things that he needs to do. And not to harp back on Muskin, but when Tomac goes down to 22nd, you need to be number one. You need to be getting those 25 points while Tomac's fighting just to get to fifth yep. because that's going to chip into leads, and that's how you're going to take the points. That's how you're going to take championships. Instead, Muskin was down in the first turn. He, it might have actually been him that was 22nd, but Tomac was down um, at one point in that race. Yeah, Tomac and went down with 22 minutes left. That, so that's yeah. where the 22. I know. Um, yeah, he, but, he, he tucked his front end in a corner, and he just fell. But Muskin was down so early, he was in twenty and like the twenties. Uh, he ended up salvaging a seventh, which is admirable, so, yeah. fine. But those are the races; those are the ones you can't you let that just happen. Not go down. <laughs> you just have to not go first down. Turn and and take advantage of it. But Muskin just cannot put those things together. He just cannot put those things together. And as far as Tomac goes. Uh, Tomac is so fast and he is so dominant that a fifth is just it's like a bad day it's like inexcusable it's like he might as well finish last yeah finishing fifth he might as well finish last yesterday and that's the reason he's gonna win his third straight outdoor championship exactly and for some reason he can't find that in the indoors but we've talked about that um if he can find that kind of like next level consistency and indoors this dude can still he still has enough time left yeah to win three you know two three four in a row if he can just put it all together yeah. you know um but he wasn't he wasn't really a part of it yesterday in moto two but if you if anybody out there um wants to watch some great racing um go to the 450 moto two the and just watch like the last what five Five laps. And really, the whole race, though. Yeah, the whole race because was, the, it was really the, back and forth. Those but. passes, the pass and the pass back happened early on in the race, and then it was kind of this like stretch it and then stretch it back and yeah. then stretch it, and then the the Cooper went down. He had some even that was the most exciting part. But the whole the whole race was yeah. Moto two was great. it was it was just great racing. So if you're looking, if you didn't watch yesterday, go back and watch Moto two. Um, 
you know, we were great, sitting there watching it, and like, you know, it got to a point you're kind of sitting back. This is your fourth race in, and then suddenly now I'm sitting up in my seat a little bit, yeah. and then I'm kind of sitting back and I'm sitting up like, oh, and you know that last turn when Roxon was on his tire because of the lap traffic, yeah. and I was like, is he gonna make is this he happen? Make it happen? <laughs> I wasn't sure. In the, yeah. Cooper just pulled it, pulled it right out, right at the end there. So uh, moving forward, going into Washougal next week, we already did our two fifty predictions. Um, I'll go first on the four fifties this time, so you don't forget a rider that you know you meant to put in there, and then I remind you. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Webb keeps it going. I think that he finally, if yesterday was any indication, he found his groove. He's back to getting good starts, which is the big change he needed to make last year in the Supercross season to win that championship. Starts were a huge Achilles heel for him. He had two great starts, two great rides. He did the pass back. He looked like Cooper Webb, the Cooper Webb we know. Um, and I think that kind of momentum is kind of momentum that you latch on to. And I, I think Webb takes number one. Um, I think Tomac's just coasting at this point. Um, not that he's not going to ride fast and he's always going to push. He has a lot of pride, but if somebody makes a pass on Tomac or if he has a bad start or something, I think he'll, you know, push to like a fifth or a fourth and be like, whatever, I'm, I'm going to win this championship. So right. I actually am not putting Tomac in my podium. Um, I'm going to go with Muskin and then Roxon. Okay. I think Muskin bounces back. Yeah. Um, because that's what he does on a grander scale. If he could do it in race, that'd be great. Um, but I think he bounces back. I think he comes in, um, now that his teammates back, Pushing, he just got a one-one. He's like, God damn, I gotta, I gotta open the throttle up a little bit. I think Moose can come back, and I think uh, Roxon can probably use some momentum, uh, use the momentum from yesterday's great showing in Moto Two. Really, like he just, he looked smooth, he looked good. Um, so I'm gonna go Webb, Moosekin, and Roxon. Okay. For my top three, and I know, oh my God, the championship guy isn't even on my podium. Whatever, this is my my prediction. This is your prediction. <laughs> got it. What do you got for your top three, man? So, man. I've, I've got to put Tomac number one. I think Tomac is going to – he's just going to – he's going to drop a hammer next week. Um, and then the next two – I have a few thoughts about my next two. Um, I don't think I'm going to go with it this week, but eventually Baggett is just going to come out of nowhere, and he's just going to – he's going to – he does it every every year for like a race or two. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, that that's right. right. He's pretty he's good. He's really fast. <laughs> he's really, really, really fast." Um, I don't think it's going to be next week, but um, I I am looking forward to Baggett pulling one out at some point. You know, reaching just, behind, just, and just reaching back. And just, um, you don't think it's next week though? I don't think it's next week. Uh, I would like it to be. I like watching Baggett. I think you know, watching El Chupacabra is uh, is just fun, and I think it's fun for everybody. Um, I don't think it's going to be next week. So I think I'm going to go web number two. And I disagree. I think Muskin is, I, I think he is shattered at this point. He is just a shattered piece of glass. I'm going to put Osborne number three. Osborne looked good yesterday too. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a good return. It was a good back. I don't, here's the thing. I don't think you can completely shatter Muskin because he actually has been consistent. It's just been consistently slightly above average. <laughs> there has been so many times that I've seen him in his 450 career where 
They're like, oh, is this, you know, is this it? Moosekin's finally going to make the pass. He's going to get the win. And then Dungey comes around, his teammate, and he just makes his pass in the last lap and, like, takes the win away from him. You'd think, that's got to be crushing. And then he'll come back and win the next week. Yeah. I think he has a little bit more, um, you know, uh, personal stoutness to his to his personality than that. I don't think he's he's been through it all. What he's going through this season, what's happening to him in the championship points this year, he's been through that last year and the year before and the year before, but he still is able to consistently remain a rider that you have to watch out for on a week-to-week basis. He doesn't just fade into the into the distance like some other guys we've seen. Roxon. <laughs> so I, we're going to see. We'll see. Maybe you're right. Maybe Muskin just finally, it's finally he cracks and he goes down and that's it. It's game over. Or... I think he just I think he bounces back because I know he can bounce back. That also might be my personal bias because he is my favorite rider. So <laughs> fair point, fair point. Uh, cool. All right, so we got our predictions for next week. It's pretty good at interesting races. I was definitely much bigger fan of the, the second motos than the first motos. Yeah, it was just too muddy in the first part. You know, there's there's there wasn't any passing opportunities and it was just too muddy. Everybody was it was too slow. Too slow. Yeah, and that's you know I'm I like mud races like once a season. Yeah. We've had There's entirely quite few, too many. Quite a few. Entirely, and it just gets to a point like I want to see these guys opening up their throttle. I want to see guys like Tomac and Cooper Webb just balls to the wall, you know, taking triples and quads that they shouldn't be taking right. because they're just going at it. And you can't do that in the mud. So hopefully next week we get some nice dry weather, nice fast track, um, and we'll get some some really good racing going next week. I hope so. I hope so. Rain, rain, go away. <laughs> so I think that's gonna do it uh, for today. Kind of covered the races and talked about next week a little bit. Uh, once again, if you're on the Instagram Live, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you uh, hopping in and, and talking some motocross with us. Um, if you want to listen to this podcast and go back and listen to any other podcast, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, like I said. Um, oh, the Instagram is at Power to the Ground. Jesse, the website is Power, the number two, theground.com. Um, you can also look up, look us up on any of those mediums. Like Steve said, it's Power to the Ground podcast. Um, wherever you're listening to them, they're there. Um, unless you're listening to them on Google Play, they're not there. Uh, but I don't not know, on I don't Google know Play. why you're listening to podcasts on Google Play if that's the case. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Spotify is a thing. If it's because it's an Android thing, Spotify. So that's going to do it, guys. Thanks again. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on Instagram. We will see you next Sunday on Instagram Live. Come join us. We'll be talking about Washougal. And next week, you can look up the uh, podcast for for Washougal. So, Jesse, thank you, as always. Thank you, too, Steve. It was a great time. Great time talking to, uh, to you about motocross, as always. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Thank you.